This is the Perfect Puppy Podcast with Miriam Pollard, walking you through all the steps you need to train the perfect puppy for your lifestyle. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Perfect Puppy Podcast. This week's episode, I'm talking to you about how to get your puppy to start listening to you. If they haven't, if you're just starting training, whatever it may be, whatever stage you're at, this is how you can get your puppy to start listening to you a lot more than they already are. This week's episode was actually planned, but it got moved up a lot quicker because over on Instagram, I actually put a poll out and this is what you wanted to hear. So if you're not following me on Instagram already, it'll be in the show notes below. Anyway, let's get on to the episode. I'm really looking forward to this one. So the first thing that you've got to ask yourself is why is your puppy not listening to you? And this is really important because you need to have a reason why. Now, if they're not listening to you at home, then you've got to work on the foundations a lot more. But if you're asking your puppy to listen to you in a really distracting environment, then that is the reason why. You see, you've got to ask yourself, when are you asking your puppy to listen to you? And if it's far too distracting, then you need to work up to that. And that's perfectly okay, but it's really important to know if you're moving too quickly and you're not moving at your puppy's pace. You know, it goes back to that, the same saying that I'm always going to ingrain into my followers and listeners is set your puppy up for success and prevention is better than cure. So important, it's absolutely vital to have these two questions in your head when you are training your puppy. So if you want your puppy to listen to you more in distracting environments, they need to listen to you in non-distracting environments. That means that if your puppy is not coming when you call them in your living room, you are not ready to move on. And although yes, it you know, take your puppy out, I'm not saying don't take your puppy out, but know that they may not listen to you in really distracting, overwhelming environments if they're not listening to you at all at home. And that is so important. So to get your puppy to listen to you more, you need to work on engagement. See, engagement is your puppy's desire to listen to you, be around you, hang out with you. And this is one of the the foundations of any training. It is absolutely everything. No matter what you want to teach your puppy, this is the starting point. You see, in my four-week puppy training program, this is week one. This is week's one lesson. And the only thing we do in the session is learn how to engage with our puppies through play, through hand feeding, and all these other things that I'm actually going to talk to you about in this episode today. You see, Engagement is one of the first steps to my three steps to a successful relationship. And the other steps include trust and confidence. You see, without engagement, you won't have any trust or any confidence. That is your puppy trusting you and being confident to protect them. And it all starts with engagement. So this is, you know, every trainer who you'll probably come in touch with, train with, whatever, they will always brag on this most important foundation and that is engagement. That is how you start getting your puppy to listen to you because they will want to listen to you. They will want to engage with you and to train and to learn all these amazing things that you will eventually teach them in your puppy's lifetime. 
So I've dragged around what engagement is and why I love it so much. You know, you, you can't not love it because without it, you don't have a relationship. But how do you get engagement? Well, the three things that you can do to increase engagement is the first one is hand feed. I don't use treats. My dog has her normal kibble, her normal raw food, whatever she has on that day, and she gets it all by hand. The reason being is engagement is becoming the bridge to their motivators. And that is, you know, engagement is that not only their desire to be with you, but the process of getting engagement is building that bridge. You know, you, you, you're the reason they get all the good stuff. Not because when they run off and play with their puppy friends or the people across the park with the pizza, they're gonna, you know, reinforce and they're gonna go and engage with them. No, no, no. You wanna be the best thing in your puppy's life. So they don't find anything else interesting apart from when they're listening to you. I don't use treats. The, the reason being when people go, oh, what are the best treats for my puppy? I just say, use their normal food. The reason being is one, with the amount you'd actually train um, or eventually will train, especially in my sessions, your, your puppy will get <laughs> very fat, you know, quite honestly. And obesity is a massive problem in today's society in with dogs. And it's just not fair. There's too many two-year-olds, three-year-olds, four-year-olds who are morbidly obese and they can't even walk. In fact, I know multiple dogs in the area and they just can't, you know, walk across the street without collapsing. And it's so upset. And unfortunately, it does start with treats. And if I use treats, my dog would probably be the exact same way, regardless of how much I exercise her. You see, sometimes I can easily go through three to five cups of food and she's only meant to be getting about a cup to a cup and a half. So that is drastically more calories and more food that she's getting. And if I replace that with five cups of treats, which you honestly, they're also a lot bigger and you just fly through them. You really do. When you start training, you really do fly through, especially with puppies, because you're constantly reinforcing that good behavior they're displaying. And you'll fly through them. So yeah, although treats are really tasty for your dog, there's a lot more problems that happen with them long-term that not many people talk about. And on top of that, Here's a little bit of science for you. I don't know the exact um, number off the top of my head, but we've got, for example, say 5,000 taste buds. You know, we can taste a lot of things. Dogs only have about 1,700. In fact, I think we've got even more than that. But dogs only have 1,700 of the taste buds, tasting things. I'm not that you know, I'm really showing this now. <laughs> so although, yes, they do think, oh, cheese and all bacon is so lovely, they don't actually care what they get fed as long as they get fed. So when you next worry about, oh, but he's bored of kibble, it's not that he's bored of kibble, it's that he just doesn't have the best association with it. Stop being in competition with yourself on how many tasty treats you can pump into your puppy. It's about teaching your puppy 
that food is so valuable and they only get it when they're engaging with you, which then creates value in you and your relationship. Anyway, I'm going to go away from hand feeding. I, I could talk about hand feeding all day. Um, so the next one is playing with your puppy. You really do need to play with your puppy. It is so important. They love to play. They love to interact. And if you don't be your puppy's playmate, they will go away and find something to play with. It may be your plant bot. It may be your shoes. It may be the puppy across the street or the person across the park. Whatever it may be, they want to play. They love it even not not even puppies you know you'll see eight-year-old dogs in the park and they're having the best time of their life dogs in general just love to play so be your puppy's playmate this is so important now of course some dogs do generally have a lot less prey drive or play drive in general than others but most puppies they do love to play and also it's it will really help with teething and mouthing because you can redirect onto a toy if you create really good associations with that toy. Now, on top of that, don't leave toys out. You know, I've said it before, stop, you know, ditch the bowl, hand feed. Now ditch the toy box and they only play with the toys if you're interacting with them as well. This is so important because there's so many reasons why. First off, toy box actually doesn't allow your puppy to settle. You see, most puppies are very excitable. If your puppy is calm, they're not always calm. Not, I don't know a puppy that is calm 24 seven. I, I don't know. If you've got a puppy like that, congratulations, but not everyone's as lucky as you, unfortunately. And they're very excitable and they associate that excitement and that fun with those toys. Why would they want to sleep? And dogs and puppies in general, they they find it really hard to, okay, maybe not dogs, but puppies especially, they find it really hard to not get lost in distractions. I don't, you'll know with your puppy, you know, they'll be ready to pee and suddenly something will move and they'll just think it's the best thing ever and forget to pee. And you'll notice this a lot that, their attention span is very short so they you know they'll be in the middle of trying to sleep and suddenly a toy will move and they'll just think nah i'm not sleeping now i'm wide awake and i want to play and what will happen if your puppy sleeps around toys it's exhausted himself or herself and that's that's really that's not good for your puppy's mental health you see, they need to sleep approximately 18 to 20 hours a day. They're only awake for four, five, maybe six hours. That's not a long time. And it's a long time to sleep. And if you've got loads of toys around and they're moving, and they're, you know, the excitement's never ending and the brain can't decompress to sleep. And also the added benefit of your puppy will sleep and stop bothering you. And even though so many... Um, of my Instagram followers, they're like, oh my god, my, my puppy has got loads of toys, but he still wants to bite me. It's, and it's because, you know, toys, I mean, that's brilliant. Your puppy wants to engage with you, so, you know, you're on the right track. But you're, if you want your puppy to sleep, even after a walk or a training session, you've got to remove every single distraction. That's the beauty of a crate. And I've got an episode um, about like where your puppy should sleep. So take a look at that. If you're against crate training, really listen to that. I give you all the pros and cons 
of why you should have a crate um well anything i give all pros and cons and my opinion is you should have a crate every puppy should come with a crate that is my final decision <laughs> that is my opinion and i know so many trainers agree with that so the the next one is socialization you see socialization is not about interaction and it's all well and good saying okay i'm hand feeding brilliant i'm playing with my puppy brilliant but if your puppy is interacting with every single thing it sees it doesn't matter how many times you hand feed and how many times you play with your puppy you cannot compete with 200 people they've met on the walk and that's just unfortunately that's a fact now interaction is important but it should be done with really trusted people you see so many puppy owners have their heart in the right place when they are teaching their puppy to you know have positive experiences with owners and that is brilliant but unfortunately what happens is if your puppy is meeting everyone not every puppy likes people and i mean some generally do but when you've got a fragile puppy and people are approaching your puppy in the wrong way that can really damage your puppy's confidence and their training and you can't control people even no matter how many times you educate i've had people look me in the eye and say can i stroke your dog and i've said no and they've still not listened i've had to physically block my dog because people haven't listened and that is with a trained dog who won't react and that's also with a dog that doesn't look the cutest in all honesty she looks like a, a you know a mutt cheating while well, she is but my point is is with a tiny fragile cute little puppy people are gonna push and it's up to you to advocate for your puppy and protect them you know me and my mum even before i was a trainer the biggest thing we always said is we need to protect our puppies and that is so so true you see they're not like children who can say oh i'm a bit uncomfortable and when you're not you know you don't 100 percent know your puppy's body language just yet or you're not a trainer so you don't know the signs because you, you know lockdown your puppy's under 12 weeks old you're just carrying your puppy you haven't been able to get to a training yet it's so important to advocate not every person you can trust unfortunately no matter how cute your puppy is people are going to push and they could push your puppy too far to be nervous reactive even if they are you know it is a positive experience in everyone's eyes it may not be for your puppy and it's so important to be aware of this and you can't trust everyone you know with anything i mean this is going beyond dog training now but you just can't trust every single person with your puppy so while yes interaction is important socialization is about exposure you know watching people watching dogs and then with your trusted circle of people trainers friends family who you know you can trust and you can tell nope enough of that now or you can control the situation that's when the interaction happens and it's so important you see even if you have to go and see 20 different trainers just for your puppy to see me 15 really responsible trusting people do it 100 percent, and it, it just means that your puppy is getting those really positive experiences and it doesn't even have to be interaction even if it's just a group of people and your puppy sleeping at your feet that is a really positive experience 
You see, if your puppy is interacting with all these people and they're thinking they're the best thing ever, or worse, they're the worst thing ever, your puppy is not going to trust you. It won't want to engage, it won't be confident, and not only that, if there's too much excitement, you're, you're masking potential nerve with drive, and this is the mistake I made. Now, you may not understand the wording I'm using, and that's perfectly fine, but what it means is, is that your puppy is really nervous, but they're just in such a high state of arousal and excitement that they sort of forget and what you'll find is they'll get so excited but then on normal street they'll be terrified you see this a lot with sport dogs especially protection dogs because you know they are getting that they do get a bit nervy every single dog's got a bit of nerve but what happens and i was talking to um, a really amazing dog trainer who runs a, a huge event for protection dogs and they said they look amazing on the training field but you get them on the Oxford Street just even just a quiet country park and they shut down and that is why he created this event because it's based off of environmentals so yeah socialization is about exposure positive interactions and minimal interactions so they're the three things and it's important that does take time. You see, one hand feeding session won't make your puppy listen to you. You see, you have to change your routine. You see, if you're walking your puppy twice, play with your puppy, hand feed your puppy. And in fact, swap the walking sessions for socialization sessions and hand feeding sessions and play sessions and exposing your puppy to more, to build that engagement, trust and confidence and to strengthen your relationships together. And it's so important. You see, yes, focus on that goal, but stop for a minute and start enjoying the journey. Don't just do it for the goal. Do it because you love your puppy, you love the journey, and you wanna build that relationship with them. If you've got a partner, you know it goes beyond the wedding day. You don't just get married and that's it. No, you've gotta work on it every single day. But my point is, is that, it's not just the destination. It is about that relationship. You bought this puppy, you bought them into your home to be a family member, especially if it's a family pet dog. And it's about teaching them to love being around you. You've been listening to the Perfect Puppy Podcast with Miriam Pollard. For more tips and advice, follow Think Dog Academy on Instagram. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode.